Oh gosh, um, five years, it's, uh, it's hard to believe and uh, gosh, so, so many things have happened in the past five years and I've been really thinking about that, especially this week and just thinking about uh, moving out here from Los Angeles and uh, connecting with the core group uh, and dreaming about what E3 uh, was going to be and what their part, uh, our part was going to be uh, just in, in the church, the Big C church, uh, and just dreaming about that and thinking about those things and how a lot of those things have come to fruition and others of them, uh, they have morphed and God had different plans. And I was over the Red Eye uh, Midtown this week, and I was thinking about it, and uh, I was, to be honest with you, I was kind of feeling uncomfortable about today, uh, just about about celebrating uh, the local, you know, the local church and, and E3 and what God has been doing here and things like that. And uh, my Anglican priest uh, friend Andrew uh, saw that I was trying to think, I guess, and uh, thought he'd come over and help me out a little bit. And uh, he's like, well, what, you know, what are you thinking about and things like that. And, and I said, you know, I, I told him I just opened up and I just said, hey, I'm struggling with this idea of having a kind of a celebration of a five-year anniversary. And, you know, there's a lot of pain in the world and, and uh, you know, I want to I want God to get all the glory and things like that. And he said, you know, uh, you know, a lot of the New Testament, the, the letters that were in the New Testament, Paul was writing these letters to individual churches and, and he would acknowledge their part, you know, them as a, as a local congregation fulfilling what God had called them to do or in many of the letters not fulfilling what God had called them to do. Uh, but in uh, saying, you know what, God, God, God holds up and and acknowledges you know what local congregations do you know their part in the bigger picture of the church and and that really helped me and I was like thinking about that and my mind kind of just moved to just the past five years the different people who have come uh, the different things that have happened the different stories of people. You see, uh, five years ago, or over five years ago, really, when we were in the dreaming phase of, of E3, uh, and just praying, you know, what would God call us to do? What were specifically the things uh, that we were going to be meant to do? And Him calling us to make and mature and mobilize fully devoted followers of Christ, and, and that was, yes, true, the, the purpose of what we were going to do. But what were some of the... in tangible necessarily? What were the things that were going to mark our community? And I remember being driven by the idea of a place where you could laugh together and a place that you could cry together, a place that you could do life together, uh, a, a place where we would see people get married and babies being born and those those babies growing into children and learning about Christ and us coming along and helping parents uh, uh, and supporting one another as we raise our families to see those children eventually, uh, hopefully, uh, 
accept Jesus as their own personal Savior and eventually really making that faith their own and standing up and making a personal uh, public proclamation of their faith in Jesus Christ, to seeing their, them grow and build and, and, our, and our community grow and build to where we were actually not only matured, but we were mobilized by uh, our, our faith and out there being the tangible hand of Christ. And it's just been so neat seeing different, so many different people coming to faith, acknowledging Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, thinking about, uh, you know, the, I think about 120 baptisms that have taken place here in the past five years, and all the stories that, that accompanied uh, those people making that public proclamation, and uh, the joy of being able to uh, be on the front lines of all of those, and and being able to baptize actually, you know, a lot of children, including uh, my own son Eric here, and uh, seeing him make faith, uh, uh, his parents' faith, his own faith, and seeing people uh, uh, getting out of their comfort zone and and serving in so many different ways, serving here and serving uh, as, you know, the clean team or serving in Red Eye uh, uh, Mayhan and Red Eye Midtown and over in E3 Kids and tech and, and musically and uh, all, you know, creatively and in script writing and all of these kind of different things that uh, make, uh, you know, make a local congregation work but also getting outside of our four walls and our involvement in Serve Tallahassee and, and being part of the uh, mobile food ministry and, and uh, going down and supporting a few people who had a vision to uh, expose the, the, the plight of children in Benin who are being trafficked and, and sold into slavery and saying, you know what, I have a holy discontentment about this. And they you know, coming and saying, can you resource us to do something about it? And then our community not only resourcing them, but getting behind them in what they're doing. And then in Guatemala, you know, family goes down there, and, and now we've had you know, multiple, multiple teams go down there. And the, the homes that uh, we've been able to build for single mothers and, and uh, the different things that that God has moved our community to to do down there. And then just the whole idea of the, the butterfly effect and, and us serving and, and, and just working and just how God has changed things, not only in our community, but our world, because we have decided that we were going to do what God has called us to do, that we were not going to just be about ourselves, but we were going to go out and, and be the tangible hand of Christ. And, and this has been a learning progression, and, and, and as our community grows in this, and it's really exciting to see us grow more and more in it, and just over the past few weeks, it's been so exciting for me to see our involvement with Miss Patricia uh, down in, in Frenchtown and in her home and, and her, her grandson that she is raising and just what God is doing there. 
I was talking with my dad this week, and he asked me, he says, you know, what, what is it about, you know, being a pastor, and, and what is it about uh, uh, just what you do that, that, that really keeps you excited in things? And then I was thinking about it, I said, I said it ha- a lot of it is like fishing uh, uh, for me, and, and not maybe the way you're thinking, not in the biblical metaphor of it, uh, um, but in the in the sense I used to uh, go deep sea fishing just about every week uh, in Southern California, and fishing, and uh, you you would have to do all of this prep work. You have to gas the boat. You would have to get the charts. You would have to you know, do some studying to figure out where the fish have been biting. Uh, you would have to get the bait. You would, you would go out there, and, and a lot of times it was just nothing. I mean, uh, we like to troll a lot. You would troll all around, and, and just it could get really, really boring, and nothing would happen. You'd sit there and go, okay, whatever. And then everything could change about fishing, that you could go from complete boredom of just doing the things that you need to do to fish to the actual catching part. And and when that line would trip uh, and the uh, line started ripping off your reel and the drag was clicking, click, 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 and everybody would yell, hook up, and everybody's running around. Everything had changed in a moment. And it changed because you had done all the things to lead up to to that moment but also there was no guarantee of that moment and I was telling my dad I said you know what you know being a follower of Christ and being part of an active congregation that's trying to fully follow his call to us as much as we can it's a lot like that 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 you do what you're to do every every day and every so often you know God just trips that line and one of the examples that that uh, just come readily to mind right now is just our involvement with Miss Patricia you know a few weeks ago um, through the mobile food ministry and through uh, the delivering of of groceries uh, to shut-ins and under-resourced people uh, Wendy Matthews, who leads Serve Tallahassee um, uh, here, uh, uh, met Miss Patricia and has been building a relationship with her and had gone into her home and you saw a video of her home and, and, and just what's going on there. And th- through that, you know, Wendy talked to me and I went down and, and, and met Miss Patricia and her, her grandson, Christian. And I was led to believe that this was kind of a project that the floor was kind of bad and, and uh, you know, it was going to work. So that's what I was kind of expecting. And when I got there, I was so overwhelmed by, by what, the, what the real circumstance of this place was, the, the plight that, that Miss Patricia and her grandson Christian were, were living in. And, and, 
And I remember going there and meeting her and looking and, and looking at the floor. Definitely, was, you know, you're about to fall through it, but also the broken sewer pipe and the, and the roof's about to fall in and the siding is rotted and electrical is bad and all this kind of stuff. And I was sitting there and I'm like, oh my gosh, I mean, this is a disaster. I can't believe people are living like that here in Tallahassee. And... We were sitting and, and talking with her and, and praying. She's telling us that she's been praying for someone to intervene into her circumstance. And, you know, I prayed with her and, and I told her, look, we're going to come alongside you. And I don't know what we can do because the scope of this is so much larger than I ever dreamed it could be. And it's way larger than, you know, this is in my heart going, well, this is way larger than... Uh, uh, I could even even really fathom. And so we uh, that week we went down and we wanted to introduce you guys. And obviously we can't, you know, 600 people can't go in, into her home. So we we videoed her and, and her grandson Christian and and we were watching the video. And I remember watching the video here. And at the end of the video, Wendy Matthews is sitting there holding hands with with Miss Patricia and, and Christian, and, and at the end of the prayer, you know, praying for God to intervene, she looks at Miss Patricia, and he, she says these words, and I don't know if they just kind of went over your head, but it was like, I was like, oh my gosh, she looks at Miss Patricia, and she said, don't worry, it's going to happen, I'm like, oh my gosh, it's going to happen. It's like we just made a covenant with this lady. And her house is about to fall apart. And I have no idea how we're going to do this. And it's on videotape. And it's going to be on YouTube and all this kind of stuff. And I'm sitting there going, all right. You know, it's like that, that you take a step off, you know, jump off a cliff. You know, you take that step and phew, yeah, there's no turning back. So we're looking at it and, and I just started praying, going, God, you know, how is this all going to work out? Can it work out? You know, this is way beyond the scope. And, and my mind started going into strategic planning. Well, if we contact all these churches and these organizations and all of this kind of stuff, you know, okay, we can, you know, we can do this and we can do that. And, and that's my lack of faith that... That, that, and, I'm just, and, I, and I was just getting all wrapped up in, okay, how are we going to fulfill this covenant with this lady? Well, you know, that day somebody was moved in our, in our community and, uh, and uh, said, you know what, it's unacceptable for her toilet and her sewage, her raw sewage just to be flowing in the street. And they just went down there and uh, we raised the resources and, and fixed it. And I was like, that's awesome. And then I was at the, at the gym and somebody came up to me and, and said, hey, you know, uh, I'm part of your community. And, you know, I, basically I'm buddies, you know, higher ups in, in government and everything. And then some other people got involved and, and started talking to people at the city and, and comes to find out that, that 
there has been some $33,000 set aside for Miss Patricia that she just, her home, that, that the city government has, that hasn't, they just been sitting on it. And because of, of our community starting to show some interest in so, talking to the right people, they release those funds and they're starting work on her house this week. You know, hook up, and, and, and it reminds me, you know, that, that, that God used a biblical donkey to do his work, and uh, that, that uh, he can use anything, even the government, to fulfill his purposes. I mean, God works in mysterious ways, and the, the cool thing is, is that, you know what, yeah, this was a huge amount of resources that got influxed, and they're going to, they've committed to fix her floor, her roof, um, uh, they're going to tear all the siding off and, and put new siding on, so basically her immediate needs are going to be taken care of. And then somebody else in our community came up and said, hey, I work for a furniture company, and we donated furniture to Dream Home Makeover, uh, and they didn't use all the furniture. Let me talk to my boss and see if he'd be willing to give her the rest of the furniture. Got an email yesterday saying he's totally into it, wants to meet uh, Miss Patricia and figure out what kind of furniture that she's going to need. You know, and, and then somebody else, you know, her, her, her yard is just, you know, a disaster. And, you know, it's had raw sewage running through. The drainage is all messed up. You know, it's just, it, 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 you know, it's awful. And somebody in our community says, hey, I own a landscape company. And, and, you know, we'll be able to coordinate. And once all that other work gets done, that we'll be able to get her drainage right. And we'll get her, get her, her, uh, uh, yard fixed up, and that's something obviously all of us can get involved with and, and do those kind of things. And it's just, you know what? It all hinged and started with the simple stuff of us, you know, you guys bringing food and putting it in that chest, we building a, a shed and having basically a supermarket back there. You guys, you know, every other... Uh, week going down and delivering groceries and and those you know just being aware of of what's going on and you know all these kind of just mundane type of decisions that are made are turning into something that is going to radically change somebody's life that just lives a few miles from here who's been living in awful circumstances now we're not just about physical needs here, and I know that you, you know that, but they are important. But one of the major things to me is, what is this communicating to, to her grandson, Christian? 12, 13 years old, kind of at this, this vulnerable time. And what I'm hoping is that God will move somebody, a man in our community, to want to mentor this young man, to love this young man, to take him to ball games and things like that, and just to spend time with him to help build him up, to show him and be the tangible hand of Christ and to be part of his life and be uh, the, 
the image of who a follower of Christ is. And who knows what that influence will take and what course that will take. To answer my dad and just to share with you, why, why, why do I believe and why do I love the local church so much and why do I love you guys and love this local church so much? Quite simply, because we do and the decisions we make matter. And they have eternal consequences or eternal benefits. And it's so exciting to me when God, when we do the things, the unsexy stuff, the just the delivery of the groceries or doing our tie checks or cleaning the church or serving a cup of coffee and we just do these things and we love people in the name of Christ. We're the conduit of His love and, and His mercy to a lost and hurting world. How every so often God will just trip that line and it all comes into focus and go, aha, this is what you're doing and this is what you are doing through. Now, part of that and these are the exciting parts. I was also this week just sitting and thinking about some of the harder times, some of the conflict some of the pain, uh, uh, some of the people who have uh, uh, passed on um, here who have died. And I was remembering, uh, you know, my friend Eddie, uh, who was coming here one Christmas Eve and uh, coming off Park Street, got in an accident and... uh, and he died. And I remember the sorrow and the pain that, that went along with that. A life uh, cut short. And uh, just crying and thought I was cried out and, and went to his mom's house and was sitting there and just, just being with her and talking about the life of her son. And I remember, I remember her saying, hey, Eddie had something for you. And and I said, oh, well, what was it? And she said, well, he, he had it with him on the day that, that he passed away, um, that he died. And she reaches down and she pulls out this Christmas card with a picture of him and his dogs. And uh, she hands it to me. And I look down and it has some of his blood on it. And she obviously probably saw that I was a little shocked and she said, I tried to get the blood off. And uh, I said, it's, it's okay. And, um, you know, one thing about being the pastor here is I thought that I knew what it was to cry. I thought that there was like a, a bottom to the well of, of tears. And uh, God has shown me that... Uh, you're never cried out. And when you think you are, there's always one more tear because there is so much pain. And uh, but what he's also taught me is that that pain doesn't need to be shouldered by one person or two people, but there's a community here who's willing to laugh together, 
willing to forgive together, and also willing to cry together. And I think that in essence that, that when we share each other's burdens, at least this is what the Bible says, that, that we are living out a little slice of heaven, that, that we are living out what it means to be in biblical community. There's so many stories, um, and there's been so many ups and downs, and I just wanted to share really quick one uh, scripture that has been with me through all this time. It's Philippians 4, chapter, excuse me, chapter 4, verses 4 through 9. And the scripture is this, always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember the Lord is coming soon. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. If you do this, you will experience God's peace, which is far more wonderful than the human mind can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, let me, let me say one more thing as I close this letter. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right. Think about things that are pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you've learned from me and hear me and saw me doing. And the God of peace will be with you. You know, God, this, this scripture has helped me through a lot of sleepless nights, a lot of pain, a lot of hurt. And basically what I love about it is it's not only so overarching, just, uh, just a glimpse of who God is and how he expects us to interact with him, but also God in his wisdom knows how we operate as people and, it's, and it gives us guidance on how to do life well first he says look tell me what you need come to me and tell me what you need you know this is one thing that i'm a very different person and a very different pastor than i was five years ago uh i look back five years ago and i i think oh my gosh i was not ready i i i was the wrong person my faith was so small that, that I can't believe that, that God used me uh, or even called me to do this. But for some reason, that he did. You know, oftentimes, you know, I, uh, and, I, and I think it in a funny way, you know, it's like I'm like the, the worst pastor ever. You know, uh, my friend Carl uh, in Guatemala, would, when I would do something, that's me. He would just turn to me and say, bad pastor. You know? <laughs> and, you know, I try to do good. I just, uh, you know, I, I just, I am, I am who I am. And, and uh, uh, I, I love being in this community and, and I love people deeply. And to me, that's, that's what it means to be a pastor and it's not wearing a tie or, or, or a title or, or something like that. Uh, but one thing that his, in, my, in my growth is just my coming and petitioning God. Is to, uh, it used to be very difficult for me because I didn't want to bother God uh, that much. Um, and I know better. Uh, but, 
but I always figured, you know what, I'll figure out what I can figure out and then what I can't handle, I'll, I'll go to God. But God says, look, tell me what you need. Tell me what you need. And my prayer life has grown so much over the past five years is he has shown me that, that you know what, this community is so much larger and does so many more things than you could ever comprehend or should comprehend. And it's not yours to, to burden. That I've brought five, six hundred people around to, to carry this load and to, to go out and love and be the tangible hand of Christ. And it doesn't have to. He says, just come to me and ask. Just ask. And then... He goes on, he says, thank Him for all that He has done. And this is also one of those difficult things. To thank Him for what He has done. And, and, and I think so often, especially me, I forget. I forget all the great things that, that God has done. And that's why uh, over the past year, five years, I've, I've started the discipline of um, journaling. Like a lot of you might think that this is the same book as five years ago. There's like a lot of them. And, uh, you know, I write in them and uh, different things that, that God is doing. Uh, I didn't share this story at the 930, but somebody else came up to me and, and shared this story with me. And they said, you have to share this story. I said, okay, I'll share this, this story because it, it, it's amazing. I, you know, it's something that, you know, you forget you forget about the sacrifice that, that people made so we can be here today to celebrate and, and we've seen the different things that God has done. I mean, I forgot. I didn't forget, but it wasn't readily in my memory for today to talk about this, that there was a young couple in California who came to me and said, hey, we've been saving for a house, but we've decided as a couple for the next year that we're going to not put any more money in our, the, uh, our budgeted money in the house account, and we are going to send that to you so you can start, you know, the church. And just that sacrifice and, and that decision and to see the reverberation of that decision that we all sit here today because, like them, made, made a commitment to that. I remember... A couple of weeks after we had just opened up our doors five years ago, and uh, the treasurer uh, at that time, uh, Troy Johnson, uh, wanted to have lunch with me. Troy Johnson never wants to have lunch with me. And uh, so I, I figured, you know, it's probably not very good. And, uh, you know, I go in there and, and uh, he pasteurized the, uh, the conversation that we were going to have. He made it very simple for me. He says, this is our checking account balance. It's an easy number, zero. And uh, this is our obligations, which was like 30000 And uh, he said, if we don't raise $13,000, we have to drastically change uh, what we're going to do. And, and I remember just being so taken aback by that uh, in those days that was all the money in the world had no idea what or how it was going to come about and the amazing thing was that uh 
that Sunday night, he, he called me. He said, are you sitting down? I said, Troy, just tell me. He's like, are you sitting down? Troy, just tell me. <laughs> or, you know, all right, I'm sitting down. I lied to him, you know, whatever. And uh, I think he's here. Sorry, Troy. Uh, and, uh, and he's all like, we had an offering of $13,000. You know, and that was one of the many times that I have fallen to my knees over the past five years and asked for forgiveness for God for not trusting Him. And, you know, the thing is, when you're putting yourself out and when you're following God and you don't have all the answers, that sometimes you put yourself out and you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know how it's all going to work out, but you go back and say, you know what, I just have to do what God has called me to do. And in this scripture, he says, look, if you tell him what you need and you thank him for what he has done, this will happen. You will experience God's peace and he will guard your heart and your mind. You know, I don't know why someone who suffers from anxiety and depression thought that he should be a lead pastor. Not a good idea. But God said, this is what you need to do. And we did that. And this verse that I knew in my head when I got here has been what I've lived and tried to live. And I fail, fail all the time. I try to humanly grab stuff all the time. But he says, look, thank me, ask me, and I will guard your heart and mind. And then he finally says, look, focus what's on true and honorable and right and things that are pure and lovely and admirable and things that are excellent and worthy of praise. All of these things, and it's so true because it's so easy to get on the negative track. It's so easy to say, you know, you know, why isn't it this way? Or why don't we have this? Or why this, that, or this? Or what, you know, this other place has this. And when we do that, we miss the miracles and the amazing things that God is doing. Finally, he says this, and I think that this is the most important. I think that this is our current learning here at E3. Put into practice what God has envisioned for your life. Verse 9, keep putting into practice all that you have learned from me. You know what? We've seen people coming to Christ and we continue to see people coming to Christ that that we are hopefully people are getting involved in growth groups and 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 with one another and growing and maturing in their faith but putting our faith into practice to being the tangible hand of Christ to making those decisions and doing those things that we know. And we don't know when that line is going to trip and, and everything's going to break loose, but I do know this, if we don't do what it takes, if we don't do the daily disciplines of what God has called us to do, then we cannot be part of the greatest story that's ever been told. And I know right now that God has captured our hearts to be the answer to the Patricias and the children and the single mothers 
around the world in these specific places. And he has said, feel their pain and love them. And I will take care of the details. All you have to be willing to do is to be sent and to do what you already know that I've called you to do. Let's pray. Dear God, just thank you for the past five years, for the ups, the downs, the laughter, the tears. God, thank you for the sacrifice of those that have come before us. I thank you for the sacrifice of those who will sacrifice in the future. I thank you for those who serve and love the commitment to this place and the vision that you have given us. We love you, Lord. Jesus, amen.